Hello and welcome to Pro Construction Guide series of ProCast. This episode is going to provide you with expert tips on how to install a leak-proof window. I'm John Gordon, and I want to thank you for joining us. Pro Construction Guide magazine regularly brings you ProCasts built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. It's the only podcast for pros that's hosted by pros with successful contractors as guests. You can actually listen to any ProCast at www.proconstructionguide.com or on iTunes. All right, before we get started, we'd like to thank GE Appliances for sponsoring this podcast. And usually at this point in each episode, we talk a little bit about what's going on in the Pro Construction Guide. And we want to let our listeners know that the April-May issue of the Pro Construction Guide is available at your local Home Depot store, and it's at the Pro Desk. And um, there's a way to get Pro Construction Guide online also. You can go get a digital issue at www.proconstructionguide.com. And it's, uh, it's exactly like the magazine. You can view it on your computer at your convenience, and you can flip through the pages just like it was a magazine. So it's, uh, it's a pretty slick deal. I know David and I were talking about this. Uh, the particular issue that's out there right now, it's got some pretty great articles in it. The test on heavy-duty cordless hammer drills was one that caught his attention. He wrote about that for a while. And uh, also also uh, installing the rigid extruded polystyrene foam board. So those are kinds of examples from tools to actual materials. Great information that you get in the Pro Construction Guide. And get so get to the Home Depot, to the Pro Desk, and get your uh, April-May copy today or go and get the digital version online. So all of that said, let's get on with this show. In this episode, we're going to bring you building scientist Mark Lalaberte, and Mark is a partner in construction instruction, and he talks about all things or all the things that pros need to know in order to install a leak-proof window. And this is not Mark's first tour of duty with us. Mark was a guest for us, so welcome back, Mark. You were part of Procast number three, one of the very early ones, the eight rules of building performance, and you're with us for number 20, the best ventilation practices. And now you're back for Windows. Welcome back, Mark. And can you give us like the 30-second bio on Mark? Absolutely. Thanks so much. So nice to be back to here. And uh, it was interesting to hear what you were talking about just at the beginning of the discussion about the uh, uh, how Pro um, Construction Guide is such an amazing publication. So anybody who's not using it has got to get a hold of it because every time I look at it, I go through it, and I'm really impressed with what you guys have put together. It's just first-rate stuff. So um, in terms of our company, we've been working for about the last 10 years in, uh, of trying to bring building science to the community. I've been working for over 30 years, uh, traveling about a quarter million miles a year, working with builders in their sites, walking job sites uh, yesterday in California to really find a way to build better and improve buildings. So whether it's uh, you know building performance from thermal performance, uh, energy efficiency, uh, durability, all those things are all part of how our industry is moving forward, whether it's driven by code changes or really consumer demand to improve overall buildings, comfort, performance, and durability. That's what we specialize. So in construction instruction, we have an app. Uh, it's free. It's available, as you said, the iTunes store, or and you just plug in construction instruction. There's about 2,500 assets, and we've been working with you guys extensively to make sure that uh, every month we have something that's kind of fun and animation, a detail, an article, and you guys have just been phenomenal to work with. So uh, what, a, what a great uh, group to, to be changing our industry um, in the right way, teaching it, education. That's what our industry really wants. Well, well we appreciate the partnership, and, and we're talking to the guys, or, we, or the, you know, the, the folks listening are the ones that are going to make that change for us. So that's why Absolutely. we're excited about doing it. But let, let's do something, because David and I field a lot of questions about Windows um, from uh, the consumer perspective. 
every week on our radio show. But at the end of the day, those same consumers are asking questions of the contractors who, for the most part, are going to install them. So how about, like, the first thing you tell our listeners is, what do you consider a high-quality window? And then is that, you know, everybody's like, Get, let us get double pane and triple pane and quadruple pane, and, and I'm exaggerating at that, I guess. But are these triple pane windows, are they worth the money? What, in your opinion, is a high-quality window? You know, that's a great question, John, actually. And, and here's the challenge. Is that there's different things that we look at in terms of what we want from a window. One of them, of course, is it's a visual bridge to the outdoors. We're expecting decent glass. But from there, the windows become fairly fairly complex, actually. It looks like a piece of glass held together, but it's a lot more than that. We really have the frame issue. So there's wood frame, metal frame, and, and usually vinyl is a, is a primary window. The window glazing system can now represent, as you said, there's no more single-glazed window unless you're putting it into your boat. And right. we have double glazing, double glazed low-E high-performance glass, triple glazing. So you weren't very far off on how you were looking at that kind of next evolution of glazing. And then part of it is also how you want the window to operate. Of course, there's all styles of operation. So when someone's looking at a high-quality window, they'd say, I want it to have good quality glass, a good frame window, a wood or vinyl is the most common of the choices. I'd like to have uh, it pretty solid in terms of where I live. So let's say you're a coastal. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure the, wind, the thing can handle a powerful wind and rain. Um, let's say you're out in the desert. You're going to want the glass to be reducing the amount of solar gain. So there's a lot of stuff and decisions of going to kind of picking a window. And for sure, as you know, and like everybody else, do not pick a window based on price, right. it based on the expectations of what you want it to do and how long you want it to last. And, and really, that those kinds of things for our professional listeners um, are the things that they can pretty readily translate into what makes the best sense for their customer. Because at the end of the day, they're, we're not doing this in our own homes, right? We're doing this for customers, and they will buy um, what you are able to sell, you know, correctly. So great, great advice. So we, we say then that the whole point of today is a leak-proof window. Again, I'm deferring not just to, to time in the field, but also the radio time that we have. I can't tell you how many times we've just kind of walked back with a customer, uh, a caller, who, who had, you know, a, a, a leak somewhere, and we traced it back to the window. So how does... How does water usually get into the house through a window? Well, you know, and I think the first thing to, do, to always do is remember, and I wish our, and, I, and I want our industry to remember this, is that it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing at first to think about, but it's an important thing to, to capture. And just say to yourself, windows leak. And say, which ones? And I'd say all of them. And it says they will leak within the, the time frame that that window's in the opening. It's going to leak, one of the windows in, in one place or another. So here's what happens. If I've got a wood window, I've got the potential for connections to leak, which is uh, you're asking a window to do a lot, basically. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to take 40-mile-an-hour uh, winds um, blown if, uh, with wind coming at an enormous and f- a phenomenal rate. And everybody thinks, like in Arizona, for example, where I live, uh, it doesn't rain that much. Well, sure it does. Eight inches a year doesn't sound like much until it's coming with a 40-mile-an-hour wind. So we have <laughs> and all on the same day. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and dirt and all kinds of stuff, uh, fly, you know, flying, flying uh, snakes and stuff. So if you have, uh, you have a, a coastal stuff, as you guys at Atlanta, you guys get major wind, major rain, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So let's agree that a window is going to leak. So what we want to do is to say, now that it's going to leak, one, one form or another, the California Energy Commission actually had done a study on uh, windows over 30 months, and they said within a two-year period, 20% of the hollow vinyl windows will begin to leak, wow. uh, where the frame, the welds, the joints. Imagine taking a window from 
30 degrees in California up to 120 degrees. What happens to a product, whether it's wood, vinyl, metal, anything, expansion and contraction is right. an ongoing thing. So uh, imagine colder climates. Minnesota goes from uh, 95 degrees in the summertime to minus 20 in the wintertime. How can any material handle that variation? So if we would just agree that a window's got to be something that the seal maintains a good quality, it's going to go into a unit that probably will have a potential to leak, that's a, the first acceptance. Now all we have to do is agree that when it leaks, where do I want it to leak to? And that's what gets this whole problem to go away for us, is to say Got the it. window's going to leak to the bottom and underneath the window. All I want to do is direct any water into the assembly to the outside. Now the whole problem goes away because windows are not as much as, are as big of a problem as doors. Doors and windows represent the uh, the industry's greatest challenge with water intrusion into buildings through windows and doors. So if we would agree that it's going to it's going to leak, all you have to do is pan flash underneath the window, tip it to the outside, never caulk the bottom fin, and drain the windows out of the assembly. Everything's fine. If it leaks to your floor, swells up your wood floor, gets into wall cavity, molds growing, it's just because we didn't redirect the water away. Dang. That, well, that was so simple. That's funny, though. I got to tell you, you just you added one more thing to our repertoire, Mark, because David and I have the you know the immutable laws of concrete. Number one, it's going to get hard, and number two, it's going to crack. Now we can add the immutable laws of windows. They're going to go in. And they're going to leak. But yeah, exactly. Great, great point. And then it, it re- what you're saying, I think, is, is you really make leaking a non-issue as long as you deal with what happens after that. So, it's like concrete. Why, why, do, why, do we pre, why do we cut, cut concrete? And you're like, there's two types of concrete, concrete that's cracked and concrete that's going to crack. So <laughs> if I look right. at that from that perspective, I go, why do you ever cut concrete? And you're like, because I'm going to control the crack. So once you admit it and you cut it, you then factor it. People go, why is there a light in the concrete? Because when it cracks, it'll crack at that control location. Right. So if we agree that windows are going to leak, we're just going to control, control where it's going to go. Pretty, pretty simple. Pretty simple. Yeah. So, look, when you're trying to figure out or, or replace a leaky window, do you recommend taking the cladding off? It depends. And this is, of course, as you guys know, one of the great challenges. You know, when we looked at houses at various ages, um, there was a whole bunch of things going on. We've got bricks, stucco, all kinds of goofy things going on around windows. We also had, at the time buildings were built, an enormous variation in trade-based knowledge and skill set and mm-hmm. products. So uh, you almost end up, well, we call it intrusive disassembly, where you start looking back there. And, you know, if a remodeler ever looks at that, he goes, I don't know, what, how much is going to cost me to put a window in? I have no idea until I open the opening and say, oh, my, the uh, sills rod, especially like doors. Anybody that replaces a patio door says, I don't know what I'm going to find. We pull a patio door off, the subfloor is rotted, the rim joist is rotted, and, uh, and the cripples are, are in bad shape. So you're like, okay, now the uh, $10,000 door replacement just cost me fifteen. And I, I think that the difficulty here is just that you, you have to take a look at what's solid around the window. So if you could pull the siding back, it at least will give you an indication of whether you can tie the window uh, flashing and details into the, the okay. layer that's already there. Okay. So that's what's difficult. Imagine a brick window. A lot of builders just say, you know, I'm going to leave the frame in and I'm going to slide a window into the opening. Um, and so then you have to have the complexity of flashing whatever you put in to whatever was there. Yeah, which... Not necessarily an easy task. 
No, not at all. Uh, bricks, bricks, of course, difficult as is stucco. So the two difficult, most difficult assemblies to install uh, replacement windows into are brick and stucco. Uh, stucco requires you to basically break the stucco away, kind of a, a random pattern around the window, so the blending goes in a little easier. You then have to pull things apart, put a window in, flash it properly, and then tie it to whatever might still be there or might have not been there. I mean, you know, John, it's not very long ago that we saw windows and building buildings installed, siding installed without even a weather barrier. I, I used right. to see down in Oklahoma they were putting siding straight on OSB. So yeah. imagine if you uh, replace that window and the wall's kind of a mess, uh, you don't have anything to tie into. So you're just going to drain the water back onto the OSB there. So those those houses, unfortunately, there's so many variations in terms of how things were done in the past. You really have to do a uh, let's look and see and create a, uh, a, a wall assembly that says, I'm going to put a new window in here. I'm going to take on whatever risk I've got. And now let's make sure that in the future the window drains back to the outside as best we can. All right. So you, you you opened up a topic on a couple of things. I want to try to tick through them if I could. So Great. number one, I get the stucco and the brick. But what if? So let's just talk about siding for a second. You pull the siding back. Is the, is this a time that you think about adding additional insulation from the exterior, uh, or do you just get on with life? That's a that's a great question, you know, and, and because I'm kind of an energy fan, I would say this is the time yeah. that you put insulation on the outside, and it depends on on your on your commitment to the house. So, so let's say somebody says, "Hey, I'm just going to move in," you know, we replace the windows. We're not going to be here very long. I can see where people might make a decision, but you know, John, the cost of energy is not going down, no matter right. what they think. It has nothing to do with the cost of oil. So uh, the cost of energy is going down and uh, going up, and I think that the catch is. We, we want to live in houses that are more comfortable and uh, and really represent the future of what we're going to try to do. So the one time in your in a house's life that you can add insulation to the outside is when you reclad the building or when you put some new things on. So if you're fortunate enough to take the siding off, please you know, add insulation to the exterior, put the cladding back over the top, do things well because it'll last another 50, 75 years and cut the fuel bill substantially, 30, 40 percent in some cases. All right, so that that makes sense. The other thing that I wanted to, and it's just I'm kind of like trying to tick through some of the things you talked about. So, you you, you said windows going to leak. You know, you slope things to the outside. If if you go into a situation, one of our pros goes into a situation, the sill isn't sloped. Then right. does he slope it? Does she fix it? What do you do? It's a great, good question, and I, I, th- I think the difficulty is that where there's really simple ways to do the sloping, and all we need is a small slope, as you know, what we'd like to see an, an eighth of an inch, uh, you know, in slope in, a, in in the cavity. So if you just said, we know that water is going to take the path of whatever is easiest direction. So right. if we can pitch it to the outside, a small, let's say on a two-by-four cavity, we have an eighth of an inch variation between the front and the back. That won't cause us any trouble to uh, bearing on the uh, casing for the window. It won't matter for the extension jams. Everything is going to be find how that window sits. So there's a couple approaches. One, we've taken a piece of beveled cedar. So you take a, a piece of beveled cedar, you cut it to the width of the sill, you stick it near wedge to the front, of course, and you put that in the window, mm-hmm. and you just cut it flush with the back of the, the, uh, of the frame. And let um, that, that do the work for you. Yeah. yeah, and it just goes in there. You flash, You put the flashing on the bottom of that. I, I like flex wrap because it's such a nice um, um, usable flashing. You can put it around the window and, and put it in the opening. Now you set the window into there. Other options that we've seen is we've actually had a builders that have cut the the, uh, the uh, cripples and put a slight bevel on it. We can't do that remodeling-wise. Right. Um, the other option is we've seen somebody just go from the inside and they just take a cedar shim and they, 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 they pound a little wedge at the uh, cripple to the sill and just pitch it up. But the cedar cedar shake on the bottom or cedar siding on the bottom 
in any Ramallah project is a piece of cake. Everybody's got it. Go to your yard and grab a couple pieces of siding, uh, rip them down, and you're in great shape. Piece Perfect. That makes good sense. And you, I think you just answered the next thing I want to ask. So your thought about flexible membranes, I mean, you like that theory, I guess, right? I think it's the only way to do it. I, yeah. I think the difficulty is if you try to cut and paste little patches at corners, <laughs> it tends to pull the window back out, and so we have problems with reveal. And um, I like having those flexible flashings where they go around the corner because a lot of builders will put a flashing in the bottom, but they won't connect it to the corner, which is our greatest weak spot. So I like something that kind of curves around the corner and really patches in that spot well. Okay. And then that air sealing is the next piece, right? Because we talk about with customers who are trying to make a decision about windows, you know, you got an air infiltration rating in the window, but the best window properly or not properly installed becomes a challenge also how i mean that's pretty critical yeah yeah and it's also part of this whole flashing thing so if i'm going to flash if i'm going to slope to bottom i'm under the assumption that when water gets there i got to make sure it doesn't come in even blown by the wind so i'm going to go to the inside of the window now and take a bead of caulker sealant all the way around the bottom and up the sides at least six inches well if i'm doing that i should use things like baccarat and just shove the baccarat if there's a space greater than maybe three-eighths of an inch mm-hmm. you get that, that kind of rope tube you know that yeah. baccarat yeah. you shove that around the window you then caulk around the opening and now we've got a, a on the inside we want a nice air seal and we caulk on the bottom. Now when the window gets to the sill, it hits the flashing material, runs to the outside. Wind doesn't come in. It makes it an airtight seal. So you've got backing for the water, backing for the wind and airflow, and the window performs beautifully. And it'll stay in that opening for the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years. You might have start leaking at year two, and you don't care because it all leaked outside. Everybody's happy. Look into the exterior. No rot, no decay. It's, it's the right way to go. It's awesome. So, look, Mark, before we keep going on this conversation, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. I want to take a minute to share a word from our sponsor. So you're almost done with your project, and now it's time for the finishing touches. I mean, we're talking interior design, landscaping, appliances. The job's never done, is it? Why not let GE Appliances and the Home Depot shoulder some of that burden? Shop GE Appliances at the Home Depot, and peace of mind comes standard. That's because they'll professionally deliver and install your appliances. Big or small, one refrigerator or a truckload, your clients are sure to be pleased with the -the top-of-the-line GE appliances from the Home Depot. See the Home Depot Pro Desk for help and additional details. So, Mark, you hit on a couple really important points as you were talking about air sealing and flashing, and I want to make sure that we've hit everything that you want to share with respect to flashing, caulking, and so on, uh, to, to, to really come away with that leak-proof window. Right. It I seemed like you hit like a lot of those things. I just, I just I wanted to make sure. Is there anything else we should hit on, uh, particularly flashing or caulking? Yeah, the only other things end up being, and that's a good question, is, is sometimes doors, we don't have brick bolt or windows without fins. All of those things become uh, a little bit more challenging because we don't have anything to integrate to. We also want to make sure that our weather barrier, whatever we choose to use, is connected then to the window itself. So let's imagine now at the head, we have a pretty important decision to make. We want to make sure that weather barriers track over the top of the window fin. If it's a fin window, yeah. if it's inserted in there, we're going to want to put in a piece of uh, flashing at the top to always direct the water to the outside. So when in doubt, direct the water to the exterior of the building. If, you don't, if you're uncomfortable with whatever you have to drain to, you can just put a little longer leg on your flashing and put a nice back leg up on the wall, secure that to the sheeting. Because here's always an important thing to remember, as you said in your discussions, all claddings leak, 
windows leak. So all we got to do is make sure we're redirecting the water away. So if the water leaks past the cladding, it hits the weather barrier, it runs down the wall, and now it hits the top of a window. And we want to make sure that we continually shingle everything to the outside. So the flashing goes up underneath the paper, over the head of the window, draining it to the outside. So anybody that puts a window in, make sure you're always trying to flash and integrate everything down, out, and away not back into the assembly. So sometimes we get kind of what we call call cappy. You know, when in doubt, add another tube. And we want to really make sure that we're optimizing the right materials, the right tapes, and the right flashings. For example, on flashings, you know, you guys know that there's different types of flashings. There's rubberized asphalt flashing. That's the mm-hmm. stuff that smells pretty strong. And there's butyl flashings. Now, butyl flashings are more compatible with many things like sealants and vinyls, where some of the rubberized asphalt flashings are not quite as compatible. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're picking the right stuff for the right application. All right, so here's, here's the part that I, I love because we have a bunch of professionals listening, and, and they've got a lot on their brain, and they're trying to absorb a bunch of things. If you, had, if you could say, all right, there's three things or no, whatever that right number is, but let's just say three things that you wanted to share for our pros that they would take away on ensuring that they installed leak-proof windows, what would those things be, Mark? Yeah, it's a great it's a great way of putting that. And I, I think that if we said we'd want to slope the window sills to make sure we drain to the exterior. Okay. Hand flash the openings to drain to the exterior. Install and connect the fins of the window to make sure they're they're connected to the weather barrier. Flash at the head and backhawk the inside. And if we make sure that we follow that approach across the board, we'd have 99% uh, um, situations where we'd have leak waters that didn't leak into the wall cavities. And so, you know, as you said early on, you know, the first uh, the first thing we have to agree on is that windows leak. Once we get to that spot, all of a sudden our brain just switches a little bit and say, okay, now I just got to redirect to the outside. I'm in markets where they caulk all four sides, they caulk in the daylights out of the fin, and the only yeah. place the water is going to go is in the wall. So we want to get that kind of mindset that we really agree that we're going to drain everything away. And that's, then we're in much safer conditions because, as you know, remember from the building science perspective, if we add insulation, we slow down the rate of drying of the wall assemblies. That's just a building physics thing. So as we try to improve the performance and comfort, we have to get the water away even better than before. Old houses might have leaked, but they leaked so much air and energy, they dried faster. Right. Today we want less leaky and more insulation, which means the windows can't leak water because they're not leaking any air. And so that's the relationship of change. So make the windows uh, flash to the exterior, drain them away, and you're going to be in significantly better shape moving forward. The number one callback in the industry is water intrusion. Hands down, 80% of litigation is caused by water intrusion. Manage that like it's the greatest thing that you know. Become an expert at it, and it's surprising how much those callbacks will go away. That's just got a sick little analogy there. You got L for leak and L for litigation, the two L words. Beat that L out of your profit. Oh, okay. Well, look, Mark, this has been awesome. Always is. Uh, another, uh, another great uh, contribution on your part. I really appreciate it. Folks, if you want to learn more about window installations and other great building science topics, visit Mark's website. It's constructioninstruction.com. That's constructioninstruction.com. Instruction.com. In fact, now, one of the quick things is if, if anybody wanted to know the methods that we're talking about on the phone, there's animations on the website, and you guys have featured those that show every method for installation. There's 15 different techniques for installing a window on that app or on that website where you could go and watch in 45 seconds. It'll show every step in three dimension how each piece goes together. 
So there's not even a lot of, uh, you know, how did I, what did you say? <laughs> so if they go on there and just look at the app and they run the animations, it'll show them, and then they can just send it to their crews by text messaging the image, and it'll send it right to the guys. There's a little icon right there, and they just hit the button, send it to the guy in the field, and he'll just say, hey, follow this installation method. Wow. It's a nice way. And, uh, David was out there I've, after your very first uh, uh, procast with us. He went out there and, and, and was totally blown away. It is, it is really good. Cool, cool. All right, well, this is the part where we reach into our spare parts box, and sometimes we talk about gadgets, sometimes we talk about tools. Today I want to get a little bit more, I don't know, ethereal or spacey on you. And, and I don't know about pros listening. I am a deplorable salesperson. But I've always done well in sales because I'm a really good problem solver, and, and I've got, depending on who you talk to, a fair amount of common sense. So today I'm pulling out of the spare parts box for you guys uh, uh, just a tiny bit of advice. And if you're a great sales guy, great. Um, but if you're not, you already are and don't know it. In your toolbox is your common sense and the problem-solving skills that you got. And when you're sitting down with a customer, remember they're not building scientists either for the most part. So show them the problem. Show them how you solve the problem. Show them how it's common sense, things that you just do every day when you get out of bed and go to the job site. Show that to your customer and explain what you already know intuitively to them, and you will discover that you are a powerful salesperson and the sales tool you're looking for is already in your spare parts box. Look, I hope that this has been great. If you'd like this construction, if you liked this podcast and you want to share it, you can go to www.proconstructionguide.com. And if you haven't gotten your copy of Pro Construction Guide for April, May, then visit the a Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk. And give us some thoughts and feedback. We love hearing from you. Uh, we get great conversation or great input going when you call 866 866- Six four seven two three four six. That's eight six 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 four seven two three four six. Leave us a message because we want to get your thoughts. That wraps us up. We'll see you on our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine Procast. We hope that you'll make us a valuable tool in your toolbox. <laughs>